Welcome to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days, the podcast where we talk about the opinions of old people and young people, from fair wages, carbon zero, sheen halls, and everything else in between. Everybody. Welcome back to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days. My name is Holly. And I'm Zandi. And today we're interviewing Ibrahim Omar. Yes, very special guest. He is the um, Labour candidate for Wellington Central. So Ibrahim, you can give yourself a little bit of an introduction. Who are you and why did you get into politics? Uh, well, thanks for having me. And that's a very long story. But, <laughs> um, my name is Ibrahim Omar. Uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm the current list MP. Um, I live here in Wellington. Um, I have been in Wellington for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Well, since I moved to New Zealand, Wellington has been my home. Um, after I became an MP, um, slightly for about a year and a half, I've been going up to Auckland quite a lot because um, given the ethnic communities are big in Auckland, then Prime Minister asked me if I could go into open office and, and kind of serve the communities via voice. Um, but other than that, Wellington really been my home. And why politics? I think um, I've, I've growing up, I've always been political uh, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And um, I use it, which is quite unusual for a young person. I used to read newspapers and listen to news while my friends were playing soccer. And they found <laughs> that really, really weird. And some of them are still around and they make fun of me. And we always knew you were going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Eritrea is a country that's that's been um, really um, messed up by uh, by dictatorship, and uh, that's why the young people essentially leave the country in exodus. About the un- of- official UN support show that five thousand young people leave the country every every month. Um, oh, wow. It says this is a small country with five million yeah. population. You can imagine the impact, and it's been happening over the next over the last twenty plus years. Mm. So, um, and then I saw politics missing I was people's lives I didn't want to be one because I didn't want to help people it's just know me mm. and then I came to New Zealand and I, I see how the politicians kind of debate and they raise voice they shout and then they have a, <laughs> a kai or coffee whatever together mm. and that really restored my faith in politics and politicians but still I had no idea or I had no plan because like when you move to a place like New Zealand as a refugee, like you, you, you come with nothing like zero dollar mm-hmm. in your pocket and like a new language, new culture, everything is new. So mm-hmm. um, you just you, you are just in always in constant survival mode. You're working 80, 90 hours just to make money here, to save some money, support your family back. And so being a politician was the last thing that was in my mind. But... Um, nine years of National Party government and between 2008 and 2017, I could see the constant attacks on working people. By the way, uh, part of the work that I did was cleaning Vicuni as a cleaner for almost four and a half years. Mm. And um, at, at the time, the minimum wage increase was barely 30 to 50 cents. And there were times where Encourage was frozen, and that was really making us angry. Not only that, but like attacks on on rights of working people, like you know the smoker time were being taken away, mm. um, ninety day zero trail were introduced, and all these things really made me angry. But instead of being angry, I went to do something about it. So I reached out to then my local MP and now my good friend Grant Robinson, if I could asking if I could someone like me could 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 engage help and. Mm. Um, uh, elect Labour government, and um, 
And he said, yeah, five minutes later, I got a message back. And next day, I was in Arrow Valley. Don't know him. So that's, <laughs> that's so one funny. thing led to another in 2019. I, um, the party ended up asking if I could stand. And which, which at the, the beginning, I was quite, I pushed it back because I still didn't think that someone like me couldn't be a politician in New mm. Zealand, but I was wrong. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, in the last minute, I handed, I raised my hand. And uh, yeah, 2020, we did Here very we well. <laughs> we are. Yeah, it's very exciting. Cool. So we have some kind of quick fire questions about what does Labour stand for, Zandi? So, so, so these are one word answer unless otherwise specified, which we've had pushback on before. So, <laughs> In five words or less, what do you think is the most important issue affecting young people today? Yeah. I would say um, every time I talk to young people, mental oh, health comes five words, first. Five words. Yeah. <laughs> mental health, yeah. mm-hmm. public transport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the current mon- more funding model for universities, housing, um, uh, okay, I would say employment. So if you had to pick one, if you had to pick just one, uh, which, is, which is the most important issue? The biggest one is mental health. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, for question two, do you plan to increase mental health support for university students in New Zealand? Yeah. This is yes or no. So yes? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So this is another yes or no question. Do you support increased funding for public transport? Um, yes. Okay. Will you revoke fees-free for university students? Oh, no. Hands down. Keep that. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Good. Okay, final question, final question. Favourite musician? Um, I'm not into music, but I got to enjoy Ed Sheeran lately. And oh, I okay. kind of like the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Very humble, you know, like a really, really good guy, but his music is good, and I, I, I start to enjoy him. The kind of thing we want to chat about is cost of living. Obviously, this is a big thing for a lot mm. of um, young people and students yeah. in particular. And I think that the um, the like big thing coming from national, from the opposition, is just you're stoking inflation, like Labour stoking mm. inflation with a lot of government spending. Yeah. Do you think that that's the case? Do you plan to reduce, you know, um, the, the amount yeah. of government spending yeah. that's happened? And what's your, your mm. what's your kind of response mm. to that? So, since the uh, Prime Minister Christophe cons- um, came into power, this mm. has been his focus. Um, mm. Bread and butter for Kiwis is is, is, uh, is a top priority. Yeah. And this is a difficult time. Um, mm. Out of COVID-19, we came... At the back of COVID-19, you would remember... Um, um, uh, the, the supply chain was quite restrained, and mm. uh, then war in Russia and the Ukraine started to push um, to put a pressure on energy sector, mm. and that's been pushing the prices up. Right. Mm. So and instead of just saying, well, these are the global issues and, and do nothing about it. Actually, as a government, we start to do something about it. And mm. you would have seen all the policies that we put in place, for example, half public transport, the yeah. petrol subsidy and all the things that's been designed to help to help people. So let's come to budget 2023. The National Party have been accusing us of like labor is just addicted to spending yeah. and um, and that's um, essentially um, uh, pushing the inflation up and that's mm. not true and it's been proven by uh, Reserve Bank after budget 2023. So mm. budget 2023 was a budget that was put in a very difficult time mm-hmm. and I gave it to Grant the work that he did. He's mm-hmm. actually, it's actually a masterclass uh, budget. That's that's what I call it, and a lot of people do. And the reason why is, um, if you see the spending was it was really responsible spending, okay. And at the same time, we needed to spend the money on things that that really needed. For example, health, 
gross underfunding, underinvestment in health, nine years of national government growth as what we are. Billions of dollars went into health, especially COVID-19 has exacerbated the whole um, health situation. Mm -hmm. So we needed to spend more money. And education, obviously, we we always, more money is always needed. And, you know, like there's a lot of things that's in a budget that we actually look back and really, really feel very proud about. But at the same time, very responsible spending. So Mm -hmm. this is uh, inflation when the budget came out was 72 yeah. What is it now? 6.7. And the Reserve Bank said that it's already pet. It's on a way down. To the end of 2024, inflation is going to back down 3.5. By end of 2025, 2.5. Back to, normal. back to normal. Because this is that actually what's exaggerating the cost of living. Mortgage is going up. Yeah. So if the interest rate and the inflation goes down, mortgage is going to be stabilized. All the prices are going to be stabilized. But we've also, we have seen... <coughs> Um, the the supermarket bills, for example, that the, the Commerce Commission and the Minister for mm. Commerce have been working on, the bill is now in front of the House. I believe it's going to pass very mm. soon. If it does, then it opens a competition um, yeah. among the supermarkets. And that, that we believe that in a long term, actually not a long term, maybe in a medium to long term, this is mm. going to be a game changer in terms of, because let's be honest, um, New Zealand is a country that produces food that could feed 40 million people worldwide. Mm. But at the same time, our prices here in our supermarkets are extremely expensive. And this is unacceptable. And this government is doing something about it. Cool. Okay, cool. Thank you for that. But so basically to summarise, just to paraphrase, just make sure I lost everyone's getting all that. What you're saying is that the spending that Labor's been doing has been responsible, hasn't been wasteful, and that there's been, you've been investigating like other sources of inflation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, During COVID-19, we needed to spend all this money because mm-hmm. the priority was saving lives. And, and the projection was 20,000, 10 to 20,000 people could have died if we didn't do anything about it, if we let COVID-19 go through the, the community. Yeah. And we, um, we have decided that to let, no, no, not to do that, not yeah. to let that happen. And that's why $60 billion was spent supporting people to stay home safe. Yeah. Businesses kind of remain afloat and, and to make sure that the employees were mm-hmm. getting paid. And that's why actually at the back of that, our economy will came out very strong and resilient comparing to a lot of you know, like-minded mm-hmm. countries or sister countries in what yeah. we call in a Western liberal world. Um, so yeah. we have done very well. And this is a difficult time. Definitely. If we can get through this time, and then and things there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely. But it's not easy, but the government got a plan and taking steps and and we're implementing those steps. So things cool. are looking good. Yeah, I think like looking forward, looking towards that light at the end of the tunnel, with things um, like those support measures for students, like you're talking about, like half, half price fares, sorry, are those things that you look and to it's continue? Permanent. It's That's permanent. permanent for cool. under 25s. That's, that's permanent. And for people who has um, the community, community service card, card and that's well. going to be for free. Okay. For, you know, that's permanent as well. Mm-hmm. So these are actually really, really game-changing policies for young people yeah. and those who need it most. Uh, but the National Party would never say, would never look and say, well, actually, we could disagree on politics, but these are actually very sensible policies and a good on mm-hmm. Labour. Now, you would never hear them saying that.
Yeah. Which which is sad <laughs> because we can't we don't have to politicize everything really. Mm. You know, like sometimes the quality of the idea matters. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. the if we see that the national party is coming up with a sensible good policy, those of us who are on Labour, we need to say good on you guys. You know, yeah. like not everything has to be politics. Yeah, yeah. I think um another thing that that, that national is kind of coming at you for is is a lot of the like minimum wage raising. So I understand that that is like. Um, very important to like keep people afloat. But what's coming from the other side of the bench is that that is also stoking mm. inflation. So mm. not just government mm. spending, but yeah. but it's also pushing up cost of living. Because yeah. if you have people, you know, if there's yeah. more demand, you know, higher prices. P- prior to 2019, I think when the when the Labour government started to uh, increase, put a decent increase on minimum wage, mm. the national government said that this is going to cause um, uh, jobs. This is uh, it's going to it's going to cause job loss. Yeah. They beat drums like never before. You know what? Our employment today is one with the lowest it's been, 3.3 mm-hmm. or 3.4. It was 3.0 to some point. So if if the National Party were right and we were increasing minimum wage by at some point even a dollar fifty, and we could have seen thousands of jobs being lost. But no, it's the other way around. Businesses were hiring people and to the point that we had – the, the lowest unemployment it will it will be it will, it will start to rise a little bit at the back of what's happening now but actually it's been low in the last few years so uh, uh, you know all the, the the things the national party is saying are not actually backed by any evidence okay cool interesting um Moving kind of on to um, housing, I think, another very important issue for students, especially in, in Wellington, I think. Mm. So many people experience, you know, mm. a lot of issues with, um, mm. like, damp homes or small mm. homes or really <laughs> expensive homes um, and that kind of thing. Do you or or, or does Labour support um, a capital gains tax at all? Mm. Or, what, or what's your opinion on, you yeah. know, so, housing so our, our, in general? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So our housing, uh, what our... Um, election policy manifesto hasn't come out yet. It's uh, okay. we expect it might come out in the, by the end of this month, July, mm-hmm. and and we're gonna have to wait and see until our um, our policy our election policy comes out. But um, so it's a quick teaser in the meantime, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, capital gain tax was was, was uh, the, the the former prime minister said that it's it's sinister was rejected um, during the. Um, uh, actually, New Zealand first really made it made it difficult for for our government, mm-hmm. and the, the the former prime minister kind of ruled it out. It's not going to happen while I'm a prime minister, and and in the last few years we respected that, and uh, we don't know the current prime minister's um, stand or Labour's stand because we have to wait and see um, mm-hmm. until the policy come out. Um, I might have an idea. I might know, but I just don't want to say it here because <laughs> it's, it's not how things work. You don't right? feel that yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And then we can have another conversation about it. Yeah. But in general speaking, though, like the way that that uh, New Zealand prior to 1984, New Zealand was one of the most egalitarian countries, one of the mm. most equal countries on the planet. And today, if you look into inequality in this country. It, we beca- we have become one of the most unequal countries, and that's unacceptable. Mm. And that's because people like one person own eighty houses. Mm. Okay, that's been in the last few years. It's just first underinvestment. The previous government has not built any houses. In mm. contrast, they have actually sold public houses. About fifteen hundred public houses were sold. When I first came as a refugee, I was given um kind of a flat in Lower Hat in Pomari, and those flats now they don't exist. 
and two, three years later, the National Party sold them to private uh, property developers. Mm. And uh, God knows what happened to those families. Hundreds of families have been evacuated and pushed out. So that in the last few years, we have seen um, homelessness getting worse. We've seen people like not being able to afford the rent, the people staying in cars, and those things are unacceptable. Mm. We need, that's why I'm actually really, really proud of the things the Labour Party has achieved so far. Hundreds of, well, just in public houses, 12,000 houses throughout the country have been built. Mm. And uh, another 6,000 are underway. So by by the end of 2025, we're going to have 18,000 new public houses added to the stock. This is the biggest ever since 1970s. Mm, so we're okay. very proud mm. of this. And if you go to Auckland, honestly, in every corner, there is a housing, there is a, a buildings coming up. Mm. But because the issue was so, um, so deep, it's taking time to kind of for us to see an effect. But I, I would assume that if we continue to uh, build a house on this scale, and then I think we're going to see surplus at some point. But that's why beyond 2023, by October 2023, we need to have the left government in Beehive to be able to finish the work that Labour has started in the last few years. OK, on that point, actually, just a quick clarification. <clears throat> Is Labour government still selling off public houses? No. No, so just building more, no selling any off? We are, we are building more houses. Okay. Yeah, We have been criticising the National Party for that, so... It's not. So you've been building off and not selling it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I think also Greens have um, currently uh, released a little bit of pressure on the government about Mm. knowing how many landlords there are. And there's all these issues around healthy homes Mm. that I think predominantly people who don't earn a lot of money or students Mm. face a lot of issues with being able to rent rent and like being able to balance that Mm. power dynamic with your landlords um, and, and, you know, keeping houses up Mm. to scratch. Yeah. I mean, this is some of some that? of these policies are, are actually things that the Labour have been working on. I mean, uh-huh. the healthy home um, policy, for example, this is in Budget 23. We have um, about 100,000 houses to 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 meet uh, healthy home standard policy, okay. and this is not uh, something new. Um, I haven't actually read the Green policy yet. Um, but uh, we, we are aware of, uh, for example, uh, the labor um, labor implemented like putting a cap on rent increase just to make once a year. Before that, mm-hmm. the landlords had a had a freedom to uh, increase rent whenever they want. So um, I can't remember the exact year, but we actually put a cap. You you at the landlord, you only allowed to increase mm. so you're, a so rent you're once tax. once a year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But in saying that, still the, the rent in Wellington and Auckland, for example, is extremely high, extremely un- unaffordable to a lot of people. I think I see in Wellington now, to, to some degree, it's being like it's looking stable, uh, but we have to be um, doing more to kind of like stabilize because a lot of people still are can't afford uh, to rent in Wellington and mm. Auckland in the current. And all this comes down to one thing, though. More houses, more houses. need to be built, yeah. supply, supply. Okay, but going back to Holly's first question in regards to housing, um, I know a lot of people who personally who live in like these really damp, mouldy flats that mm. aren't up to healthy, healthy home standard, mm. and there isn't. They don't feel like there's a lot of action that they themselves can take mm. other than going to the tenancy tribunal. And I guess my question is, what is the use of having all this regulation about like housing if people just don't follow it? Yeah. So, this, are you talking about the about the enforcement? Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Look, uh, some of the things that my observation as a as a, for example, um, 
I've, I've just introduced it. Uh, you know, when I first came an MP, I was uh, the first thing I thought of, what should I do to make people's lives, you know, better? And because of my experience, the experience of other working people, I came up with the idea of wage theft is a big problem. Now we have the bill. It's been pulled out of Biscatine. And, and then a lot of people now talk about, what about the enforcement? Enforcement is going to be issue. We do have in our laws. There is a lot of gaps when it comes to enforcement. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm not aware of the specific issue that you're talking about. But enforcement is throughout. You know, in in, in a lot of areas, actually, we have issues with enforcement. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, I guess this is the final question in regards to housing. Yep. But um, so. Especially overseas, because you were talking about like just preventing increases like more than once a year, like mm-hmm. you're preventing loans from increasing rents more than once a year. In some countries overseas, particularly Vienna, which is really mm-hmm. big, but it's starting to be able to be in more cities around the world. Mm-hmm. There's this growing movement to cap the increases in rent, yeah. being like you can only increase rents by I don't know two or three percent a year, yeah. and that's it. What is your personal stance on that? Because I know Labour doesn't hasn't released that policy, but do you have a take on that? Yeah. So in terms of um, increasing, how, I mean, rent increase. Whether yeah. it should be once a year or more than that? No, 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 no not, not just that, but like the actual amount of money they can increase the rents by. Oh, okay. okay. Put a cap on. Yeah. So, look, um, I, you know, we are, we are a free market. It's the, 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 one of the things that really makes things difficult sometimes is that we, are, we say, I don't agree with a lot of things that the that, that free market promotes, for example. <laughs> um, if you ask me in my, in my personal opinion, um, to me, uh, you know, as, as a landlord, if I have 20, 30, 50 houses, I shouldn't be allowed, for example, to increase my if, rent. If I want by $100 per year, for example, I shouldn't be allowed to do that. So to go back to your question, I think there needs to be a cap. And, and this is, again, my personal okay. opinion. I think that otherwise we're just going to lose a control. We have lost control in the last I don't know, 10, 15 years? Mm. We almost lost control. That's because of the huge housing supply now it's getting stable. But once the other side for national government comes into the power, it's going to be business as usual. They're probably going to stop uh, building more houses and they're going to give the landlords more power. And, and uh, again, we're going to get back to zero square. So my, my answer to your question is yes, we should. Climate change. You want to take this one, Holly? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I think climate change is specifically, yeah, I think a, a lot of young people are very future-focused, and mm. I think that a lot of young people feel like Labour hasn't quite been doing enough to address the climate mm. concerns. Like, there was a climate emergency, you know, um, stated last year, and, like, everyone was like, we need to do more, but what is doing more and what does Labour kind of plan mm. to do or, yeah. or, or what can you envision as, yeah. you know, be, being within Labour's capabilities to do within your mm. next term if you were to get voted in? I, th- I think the, be- the biggest thing that we need to look into is uh, New Zealand is in its way, well its way to actually meet its um, 1930, uh, 2035, mm-hmm. the carbon e- emission um, target, which is... Uh, uh, to to half the carbon emission by yeah. I think by by fifty cut by fifty yeah. percent I think that's going to be reached 
um, if you see, I think last two, well, three, four months now, um, it was Cyclone Gabriel and the floods in Oakland. I was mm. in Oakland the flooding night. Yeah. It feels like we, I was in a movie or something. It was just so scary experience. Mm. And uh, you can imagine the people that who continued in Thai Rafferty and, and um, uh, North London stuff, the people mm. who continue to suffer from uh, extreme um, and violent weather. So climate change is here. It's, we're actually getting to the crisis point. We need to be doing more. Um, so far, um, I'm proud of, again, the work that, that, that we have done in this space. And um, and actually, James Show, uh, uh, someone that I really admire the work that he has done so far, mm-hmm. working with, with labor ministers. And, uh, you know, it's been a very collegial process. And uh, I think, um, look, I'm not going to make an excuse. Um, the climate change is... Uh, can I just give you an example? Yeah, I was in Africa in October in 2022 and um, I went for work and I've, I've engaged with a lot of UN agencies and um, big part of the discussion was around climate change and this is the region why and maybe you can just google and, and have a look this is the region probably like I don't know it might produce 0.01 carbon emission um, yeah. because there is no industries there's no factories no it's a very poor region mm-hmm. and yet probably one of the most um, affected regions in the world mm-hmm. you know the drought that's been exacerbated by climate change for the last five years millions killed millions of livestock no harvest exposing millions and millions of people uh, to hunger and this and then um, the UN keep issue like they keep issuing warnings and stuff like mm-hmm. you know yet the developed countries, countries that's money, the countries that are producing all this carbon dioxide is making climate change worse for all of worse for yeah. all of us all over the world. Actually, they don't even care. They're not even supporting these countries now. Mm. And then I came back um, two months later. Gabriel uh, cyclone Gabriel and then and, and Oakland floods happen. Mm. Well, I think a lot have been achieved. I think uh, I, I like to go back to the the climate. Um, climate emergency you know the kids that have, you probably were part of the mm. uh, the, the, the protest school strikes, strikes. the yeah. school yeah. strikes and i actually because me and the grant visited a couple of wellington high schools last couple of weeks and we were challenged around the climate change the fact mm. that we're not doing enough i think a lot have been achieved i think a lot have been done but we still have a long way to go because yeah. this is uh, we're getting to the crisis point and um we need to yeah. be doing more. So if you were um, elected into parliament, you would push really strongly for... In my flyer, some of the things that I put on my flyer are public transport because we actually... Mm-hmm. Uh, congestion, traffic congestion in Wellington is getting worse. Mm. We need a world class public transport. And um, essentially that's going to ease the congestion, mm. but also help with the climate, um, climate crisis as well, climate change crisis. And climate change is one of the top priorities for me. We need to make sure that our city is resilient. When what happened in, in, in Tairafiti and, and, and Hooks Bay happens in Wellington, we would like to have a city that's resilient, it's going, that's going to resist, uh, that's going to keep people safe. Yeah. If we don't work to that, to, towards that, and then, and then we stop. Yeah, so that's, these two things are my top priority plus housing. Perfect, yeah, and I think that that nicely leads us to our kind of main concluding um, Mm -hmm. question. Okay, so obviously you're running for Black and Central, and 
depending on who you talk to, you've got two major competitors, Tamatha Paul and Scott... Um, Scott Sharon. Scott Sharon. Um, why should we vote for you opposed, mm. as opposed to that? Mm-hmm. Um, it's because um, my track record of... I'm, I'm someone who came at the refugee in this country. And I, my uh, work life started here at Victoria University um, as a cleaner and doing 80, 90 hours per week. Um, from there, um, I got involved in politics. I mentioned this in earlier... Um, discussions. And um, I've been fighting for people's rights throughout the last, I think I would say, 10 plus years, be through the living wage, a union movement. I was a community leader here in Wellington, uh, chairing an organization called um, Changemakers, looking after our former refugee communities. Throughout my life, I've been standing up for people. Since I became an MP, I've been um, giving a voice to working people Mm. and migrants in the communities throughout the the country. These are the communities that their voices have been overheard or no one paid attention to them. Uh, In the last three plus years have been giving these communities a voice in parliament in our caucus throughout our government. Now time has come for me to step up to do the same thing for Wellington. Wellington is the city that shaped my identity, that made me who I am. Actually, it's a city that gave me so much. It's where I became a cleaner. It's where I became an activist. It's where I cleaned the buildings and campuses and um, universities. Um, It's where I became an activist, a politician, and an MP. So it's the city that I look forward to serve. And I want to give back to Wellington, to the city that gave me so much to serve it the best way I know as an MP for Wellington Central. That's why Wellingtonians should vote for me. Cool. Thank you so much for that. In regards to that, one last question. It's obviously very topical at the moment, um, especially among Wellington Central, is the staff cuts of Victoria. Um, What's your personal opinion on the staff cuts. And I know Labour's released a bit of a policy about that recently, so maybe talk about that a little bit. Mm. But, like, what is... How can we minimise the impacts of that? I, I, I was actually involved from day one. Um, yeah. As soon as I hear um, Dougal McNeil, one of the TEU people mm-hmm. here at VicUni, uh, someone I have known at VicUni for a long time, and as soon as I hear his interview, I, I reached out to him afternoon and uh, <clears throat> we start talking about how we can, what we can do together to, to ease... <coughs> Excuse me, to uh, minimize the damage, and the proposed um, job cuts were very painful, uh, and it was concerning to me, as it was for many Wellingtonians and many people involved. <clears throat> A lot of um, academics here at Vic Uni also written to me emails saying that um, please um, raise your voice, and I did. Um, if you remember, we had a round the table discussion here at Vic mm-hmm. Uni, and spontaneously I was put on the spot way that um, something should be done about it, and I said. It should be. I've actually been behind the closed doors. I've been working with our Minister for Finance, our Minister for um, Education as well, with uh, the Honorable John Tinetti. Mm-hmm. And both, I've been, I've been chasing them to the point that I was being a little bit annoying. And, and it's because Victoria University was a big part of me. And to me, it was quite, um, um, I do have an emotional attachment. And, you know, one of the things that I remember is that, that I've cleaned Victoria for four and a half years. And I attended my first ever lecture theater, the same, the same lecture theater that I cleaned, I vacuumed, 
until 4 a.m. in the morning, and that was McLaren. So uh, as you can as you can imagine, that is emotional attachment for me. And a lot of people that who were affected by this are people that I know. So I needed to do something about it, and I can I advocated with ministers, and and finally thanks to our ministers, they came up with the idea, and now they're putting the money. In. If you ask me if this money enough, no, it's not enough, but it's gonna buy people at time. And uh, it's gonna buy. Um, it's gonna save some jobs. Not, not maybe not all of them. And I urge the university to actually uh, like positively engage and do like as much as they can to actually save some of these jobs as well. So now, um, I think the current funding model didn't work. It hasn't been working. Mm-hmm. That's why. One of the things I'm really proud about is also the government and the minister announcing that there's going to be a review if Labour remains in government after October. This is something that's been welcomed by students. It's been welcomed by university community. It's been welcomed by leadership itself as well. So um, it was painful. It was um, concerning to all of us. But I'm actually really happy to see that the government has stepped up putting this money, and rightly so, because we, if we were going to have world-class education, which we, which we should, and and the sensible um, uh, investment is needed, but the universities also need to be responsible. Okay, cool. Are you going to keep pushing for more funding to the universities, or...? I will continue to work with university, with the university community, and with our government. Like I said, um, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm an advocate by by nature, by job, by profession. I will continue to advocate for all Wellingtonians, including Victoria University. Thank you for that. Thank you very much for 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 having a chat um, with us today. It was very, very Uh, useful to get your perspectives. Is there anything final that you'd like to say to kind of wrap up this chat? Any any last call to action for any listeners? uh, No, I I just want a a message to students, really. Yeah. Um, You know... We're talking about climate change, we're talking about housing, we're talking about... In the last few years, there's been a talk about the young people don't care, and the young people don't vote. And that's why wrong people vote and decided for them. And I don't necessarily agree that young people actually don't care, but actually they do. Students do care. Mm. And, and I like to see that, that like young people, you know, taking up the opportunities that's coming in October because it's really, really important that um, we keep... Hopefully, this government, from what it looks like, beyond October is going to be a Labour Green, probably to Party Maori, which is going to be the the leftist government in the history of our country. Mm. <clears throat> and the alternative is, by any means, I'm not trying to be a political here, but, but the alternative is act a government that act is going to have a say on the, the most right wing government in the history of minister is going to be cuts. Cuts in education, cuts mm. in health. That's why we call them coalition of cuts. So the young people now have an opportunity to change this, mm. to, to elect a government that's sensible, that's not going to cut all the services, including from students. Mm. So I, my message is get enrolled. Vote for the people that vote. I'm not necessarily saying that vote for me, vote for others. Mm. Vote, read the policies. Vote for a politician that you think that's going to represent your voice. Thank you so Thanks much so for much coming, coming on. on. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Tune in next time. Yeah. See you soon. <laughs>